Hello, and welcome to the Phantom Handbook. I am your host, Tony Pinella, and today is kind of a different episode due to the fact that we have a new Marvel movie coming out at the end of the week. I'm planning on doing a much larger scale state of the MCU kind of episode, hopefully sometime soon, but with the impending release of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness coming to theaters literally at the end of this week, I had to put something out sooner rather than later. I want to take the opportunity to advise you on how best to prep for the new movie, whether you just need to brush up on what's going on in the MCU, or if you haven't seen a single Marvel movie, if you have a ticket to see this movie this weekend, we are here to set you up for success. And I say we are here because I am joined by a guest who you previously heard on our Spider-Man in film episode. I'm joined by Anthony Ingardiola. Hey, Anthony. How you doing? Hey, everyone. Hey. Doing well, thanks. It's good to have you back. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. How are you feeling going into Multiverse of Madness? Deeply stressed. (laughs) I don't know how I'm going to make it through the week. And uh, this is going to be a really, really difficult time for me. Yeah. (laughs) Is it just counting down the minutes? Counting down the minutes, but also like, I don't know what what else is going to matter in my life after this movie is released. It's wild. We'll see where the maybe the end credits scene leads, so maybe I'll have something else to look forward to. I mean, just from the trailers alone, and I'll, I probably should preface the spoiler level of this conversation. I mean, as we're talking, neither of us have seen the new movie. We are going to discuss previous movies that Doctor Strange has been featured in, so if you don't want spoilers for, say, uh, I don't know, Avengers Endgame or Avengers Infinity War. I'm just going to assume this is a spoiler zone for anything around that. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. I think we can talk about Doctor Strange's involvement without spoiling the key elements or spoilers of that movie. I mean, otherwise, what we have to say is just speculation. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to spoil a movie that you haven't seen yet. But that being said, when we get to the more speculative part of the episode... I will put up a warning in case you don't want to hear about anything, anything from trailers or even our our guesses. Yeah, and honestly, at this point, if you have not seen No Way Home, I'm just concerned. Like, where <laughs> have you been? Are you living under a rock? Like, yeah, you know, one of the biggest movies to hit theaters, and I think it was honestly like a cultural reset i'll probably be saying that a lot concerning our content that we're discussing today i think every time marvel releases something it's like a cultural reset but uh we'll try to keep it relatively spoiler free for you yeah well it's it's an odd situation we're in and this is the reason why i want to make a larger mcu episode is because we were at a weird point where we closed a huge chapter in this world and yet this new era is sort of blossoming and this whole idea of the multiverse being able to pull from all sorts of things. It's it's wild. Um, but before we get sort of spread out into who might be in this movie, I think it's important to start with who definitely is in this movie, which of course we have to start with Dr. Stephen Strange. Dr. Strange is prominently featured in four Marvel movies. He makes a cameo in uh, one Thor Ragnarok. And then he is featured in four episodes of the Disney Plus series, What If? So if you were to total all that together, which I I did the math real quick, um, if you have 12 hours and 26 minutes to spare before Friday, you could catch up on everything related to Doctor Strange. Unfortunately, most of us don't have that kind of time. We do not have access to the time stone. Therefore, we got to prioritize. So 
If you're down, Anthony, we'll go through each film and give our opinion on whether each installment is a must-watch in order to understand Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, a worth-watch, one that, if you can get around to it, would be a good idea to check out, skippable, an installment that, while it may not hurt to watch, isn't necessarily a necessity, and finally, if there's a never-watch, an installment that, truly, you have no reason to watch at all. Yeah? I am so down. Let's awesome. Do it. Okay, good. Thank goodness this would be a very short episode if you just said no. Um. <laughs> right. And you might remember from the Spider-Man episode, like, I will always say that everything is a must-watch, but I'm going <laughs> to kind of, you know, waver my opinions here. But honestly, like Tony said, if you have the time, you should uh, really invest some time because I think Doctor Strange is such an interesting and unique and fun character. Um, so if you have the time... Please watch everything, but yeah. I'm going to kind of try to cater my responses to if you only have a little bit amount of time to catch up before the film. I mean, literally, at the time of this being released, you probably only have Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and Thursday night. So at the end of the episode, I think we're going to try and give suggestions for literally, if you're just going to watch three nights worth of content, what three nights are going to give you the most bang for your buck? But if you have more time than that, all the better. Obviously, the first movie to feature Doctor Strange is his solo movie, Doctor Strange, released in 2016. It's kind of a given. It's his origin story. He is a highly successful surgeon, doing very well for himself, uh, until one night he is in a car accident, severely damaging his hands, which obviously are very important for his line of work. He ends up traveling east, searching for a remedy of some kind, until he encounters the Ancient One, uh, in the movies, played by Tilda Swinton, and uh, studying in the Sanctum Santorum, he works hard in order to master the mystic arts. Well, first he becomes a complete asshole before that, and then he travels to find the solutions to his problem. Was he not an asshole though before? <laughs> That's a th- he arguably, was, he was a bit arrogant guy, but yeah. you know, I think that's part of his character, and I I do think that um, Benedict Cumberbatch kind of carries that through in an interesting way, which we can touch on a little bit later. Yeah. But I think uh, you know his arrogance sometimes leads to his downfall in a lot of these appearances, but that's what makes the movies or the TV shows interesting. So yeah, absolutely. Um, he's definitely, and we'll go over in these movies, he's definitely had quite the arc, because he starts as someone who truly only cares for himself. And having started at that point, he, he's grown into someone who cares very much about the world at large. So, all this being said, I mean, obviously this new movie coming out is the sequel to this first installment. Therefore, must watch first Doctor Strange. You're on the same boat, yeah? Yeah, I would agree with that. Also, uh, just to get a sense of his journey, what led him to Multiverse of Madness and and where he is now, this is a really good starting point. And just to get a sense of his character, his motivations, and and what led him to encounter these strange Mm. and interesting (laughs) things along the way. yeah, definitely a must-watch. By the way, there should not be a drinking game um, every time we say strange. That, that would be, <laughs> every time we say strange. You'd be in trouble. Um, <laughs> it'll happen yeah, a lot. you'd have to probably go to the hospital. <laughs> yes. Um, so, must-watch. Especially if you've not seen the first Doctor Strange, this new movie's the second one. So, yes, try to see it. The next movie he's briefly featured in is Thor Ragnarok. Because I, I, you know, I popped online to see people chronicling, oh, everything Doctor Strange has been in. And I'm like... This is skippable. Uh, It's a four-minute scene. Basically, uh, Thor comes to him looking for his father, and he's like, I can help you find him, and then he helps him. 
I mean, you can look it up on YouTube if you want, but there's no need to watch the whole movie in preparation for Right. Multiverse. And this is also something you have to realize that in the grand scheme of the MCU, the plans that they had, when the first Doctor Strange was released, this was the time where they were really relying on selling their other movies by having characters from previous movies who you already know and you know their stories appear in future films. So that was kind of their way of giving you like, you know, you should see this movie, you should buy a ticket because you already love this character. And that's when those things started to really, at least after the first few Avengers movies, where you really got a sense of, oh, this is the universe that they're building. It doesn't have to be one step after another. It really starts to branch off. Absolutely. Yeah, skippable, yeah. Skippable in the terms of this. Yeah, it's a fleeting moment for sure, but it is, I mean, if you've seen all these movies, it is kind of cool that the world is populated by all of these concurrent stories. And so, you know, it's cool that he pops into Thor Ragnarok. Obviously, in terms of prepping for this new movie. Yeah, skippable. I got to talk about these next two together. The two Avengers uh, movies that he's featured in, Infinity War and Endgame. The events that happen in these movies definitely have an effect, obviously, on Doctor Strange. I don't know how pertinent the events of these films are to the current state of the MCU. I don't Maybe Mm. I'm misguided Mm. in saying that. What what do you think? Well, I do, you know, in terms of the theory of the multiverse, in terms of what we might be able to expect to see, you do get a little bit of background, not directly from Doctor Strange, but there is an encounter with Bruce Banner and the Ancient One who basically describes these divulging timelines and... This also kind of happens in the first Doctor Strange film where she, you know, she definitely touches on there's a vast multiverse, that of which you know nothing about, um, and there you have so much to learn about this. So there's definitely little seedlings placed along the way, but we do get a sense of story progression here that would eventually lead us to this film. Yeah. And just the general trauma of Infinity War, I think. Right. And if you haven't seen it already, I'm so sorry yes. if you go to watch it, the trauma that you're going to experience. It, it was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And I do think that all inform not only Doctor Strange's motivation in this upcoming film, but some of the motivations of the other characters as well. Yeah. I think the moment with Tilda Swinton in the movie and Bruce Banner I believe that's an endgame that that happens because uh, time travel and weird. Oh yes, you're totally right. Too. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. You for the but correction. Uh, but no, but I think that is such a great moment to bring up because I think that is an explanation of what's going on that is very pertinent to what is happening in the new movie. That being said, I'm going to give this a, a a solid skippable if you have the time or if or if you you know just want to skim <laughs> Avengers: Infinity War. I'll say Doctor Strange is not as present in Endgame. But he he definitely has more of a presence in Infinity War. If you want to skim them, or if you have the time, you could watch them. But I think compared to some of the other entries, they're they're not as immediately relevant to what's currently going on in the world of Doctor Strange. Uh, Anthony, similar feeling or worth watching, skippable? Yeah, similar feeling. I mean, always worth watching. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. But in terms of prepping for this upcoming film, I would say maybe skippable. Only because at the end of, if we're talking about those two films as a whole, that story kind of concludes with the end of Endgame and then we move on to the next phase of the MCU. 
which this definitely takes place in. So maybe skippable. Absolutely. I'm going to skip his last film entry and jump to What If. Have you seen the What If series on Disney Plus? I assume you have. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I feel like it's slept on. I don't. It truly is. Well, first of all, to be completely honest, when I first heard this series was being announced, I sort of shrugged it off. I just sort of assumed, cool idea, doesn't really have any real impact on what's going on because That's like- That's what I assume too, yeah. And I exactly. think people don't understand, if they haven't sat through and watched the series, Yeah, I think it's easy to assume, I mean, in the title alone, what if. Right. That's something you sort of shrug off. It's like, oh yeah, this is a cool thing to explore, but it has no real impact. It is nine episodes long. Each one explores a different reality or a different take on an MCU story. This is the MCU's first foray into animation. And while I don't think it is the best that they have produced for the Disney Plus series, I do think that the medium of animation allows for so much greater storytelling than what is able to be achieved with film because you have actors that have scheduling conflicts or you have to do reshoots or you have to do this you know you really have a lot more control over the story and I feel like going into this multiverse realm it really kind of gives you a better understanding of the multiverse although that is so weird to say because like who understands the ins and outs of that but I do feel like to understand the quote-unquote rules of how the multiverse is going to work Mm -hmm. that uh, what if it's definitely worth watching in in terms of the story of Doctor Strange especially leading into this yeah and what's great about the what if series that I really love is they're all different stories so if you're not if you're not familiar with the Marvel comic books Since the 60s, they had these kind of single issues that were what-if stories. Mm -hmm. What if um, Jane Foster became Thor instead of Thor? What if uh, someone else was bitten by the spider? And there was, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of these stories. And they kind of, like, picked select few of them to kind of explore. What does Mm -hmm. this look like within the MCU? And if we were going to take our existing characters and put them in these unordinary, unfamiliar situations that are new to our audience, what is that going to look like? And I feel like the medium of animation really allows us to experience those stories in the best way. Absolutely. Uh, You did a great explanation of what they are in the comics, but as far as uh, the What If series on Disney+, Plus, as the, the season goes on, and this is, this isn't really a spoiler, but the different universes that are explored do have a relationship to each other, or rather are pulled together in a sense. There are four of them that have to do with Doctor Strange. However, there is one particular episode that focuses on Doctor Strange's origin, and it's entitled, What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? The premise being, what if, instead of him being severely injured by his car accident, the love of his life somehow perished instead? And we see a Doctor Strange who becomes consumed with trying to change the past, which is an alternate route that leads him to magic and trying to figure out how to wield it. I think this episode in particular is vitally important to this movie coming up, being that we've seen flashes of similar alternate Doctor Strange persona being seen in some trailers. So I, I do think... The series as a whole is wonderful, but I think that episode in particular is a must-watch. I, If not at least a strong worth watching. Uh, How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. 
the whole premise of the What If series is exploring these alternate universes, these alternate realities. So you have to assume, walking into a film titled Multiverse of Madness, that some of these alternate realities are going to make an appearance in this multiversal film. Absolutely. If I had to say pick one episode to watch going into Multiverse of Madness, obviously pick the Doctor Strange one. Yeah. But I have a strong, strong feeling that you might see some characters from other timelines that happen in other episodes appearing in this film as well. Yes. So if you have the time, sit through all of it. And listen, it's really entertaining. And I think this out of um, a lot of the other series that they have on Disney Plus is really easy to binge because it's very entertaining to see the characters we know and love experience different realities and different timelines and situations. Also, the episodes are relatively short. They're like 30 minutes long a piece. So really... Being able to pop a couple of those on aren't too difficult. Uh, the other What If episodes I feel the need to highlight out of the nine, Doctor Strange is lightly featured in episode five. It's just titled What If Zombies. Um, and we do see a glimpse of what might be a zombie Doctor Strange as one of the variants. to be question mark, question mark. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't give as strong a recommendation, you know, in comparison to the Doctor Strange fully featured episode, but uh, it, it, it should be on your radar, definitely. And Doctor Strange is featured in the final two episodes of the series. However, to your point that, you know, a lot of these characters are featured, I would recommend if you can watch as many episodes before the finale and the episode before, I'd recommend saving those for when you watch the series as a whole. That would be my recommendation there. I'd say as a whole series, it's definitely worth watching. Final thoughts on sort of what if in relation to this? Um, Yeah, if you get the opportunity to sit through the whole series, it does have a through line. It's not just individual stories. It was kind of marketed that way. It does have a through line to the end of the series. And to know where Stephen Strange lands at the end of the series, I think might be important going into the film. But we'll see. Who knows? I mean, (laughs) We can only speculate so much. Right. It could have no relevancy (laughs) whatsoever. But I'm just thinking, if I was Kevin Feige sitting in a chair... I would say, why not? Listen, you you want that Disney Plus synergy. You want people to have a reason to go back and be like, oh, you didn't watch that? You better now. You know, and that's uh, that same thing you were talking about with even the live action movies. You know, oh, you saw Doctor Strange and the Thor movie. There's definitely that synergy baked into the MCU from the very beginning. Yeah, so that's those are our thoughts on what if as a series. The last film featuring Doctor Strange is Spider-Man No Way Home, which heavily features Doctor Strange. I think this is not only as a Spider-Man fan required viewing, but as we're doing this episode purely in the context of leading up to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, it's a must-watch. It is literally the events that lead up to this movie. So I think this movie is literally the results of what happened in Spider-Man No Way Home. Therefore, I assume you hope that this movie has some sort of recap of what happened for people who are going into this blind, but I think to get the best setup possible... You should try and see it. Yeah, but honestly, statistically, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have seen No Way Home or at least know a little bit about it at this point. I will say I'll be a good podcast host and try to promote it in this sense. If you know someone who isn't the type of person to look up this podcast and needs a quick guide to what movies to watch, please send them this episode. I would love for this to be a starting place for someone who may have no idea what's going on in the world of Marvel, in the MCU. 
I appreciate those who have a well-versed MCU knowledge. But yeah, if you know someone who doesn't know, feel free to send this to them. Yeah. Yeah, send it along. Anyway, to your point about No Way Home. Yeah, well, listen, as a Spider-Man fan, for me, I would say must-watch. But also, I'm giving it like a a maybe because it's only to be determined how much the effects from No Way Home are going to play out through multiverse of madness because that's a good point maybe after we see the film we'll be able to decide you know yes maybe the uh, what's the expression uh the the camel's back oh the straw that broke the camel's back yes so maybe the straw that broke the camel's back happened in no way home Mm -hmm. but to get a greater context of multiverse of madness you don't really need to see that happen to understand the events that are happening. That's a very good point. So maybe we will get a recap? That's true. Well, and the thing is, what happened in No Way Home could, I didn't even think about this before the episode, but could be chalked up to just like, something went wrong. That's all you really need to know. And maybe you don't need a vast knowledge of the events. Something is always going wrong with That's Dr. True. Stephen Strange. He's always pushing the limits. It could be as simple as just weird magic stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly, exactly. exactly. You know what? With that in mind, I will shift my rating back from a must-watch to... It's it's a strong worth-watch for sure if you want to see the events leading right in. But I, I agree. It might not be a must-watch. So I figured, now that we've hit everything Doctor Strange is in, we should also probably hit some other characters who are known slash rumored uh, to be no. in the movie. The, the first one, you know I gotta bring up. She is heavily featured in the promotion of this movie, and she has experience in her own storyline with alternate dimensions. Scarlet Witch herself, Wanda Maximoff, she had a series on Disney Plus as well called WandaVision, which also appears to have great impact on this movie. For those who don't know, uh, goodness, there's a lot of explaining to do. Basically, Wanda was married to an AI named Vision who got killed in the Avengers movies. Well, he got killed in... Infinity War. Yeah, we're going into, like, weird spoiler territory, but it's like, you need to yeah. know this Well, that's the, thing, that's the thing. Listen, I said Avengers movies were spoiled. You know, we, we can spoil them. Um, so basically, she is dealing with the trauma of uh, having her husband killed. And this series of nine episodes is her manipulating reality to try and cope with that. I think WandaVision, when it comes to the Disney Plus series, I think it's I think it's a gem. I truly do. And the thing I struggle with is the elements that are most likely to be impactful in this movie come at the end of the season. And so if you don't have time, I feel like I hate to, I hate to say this, but I feel like you have to skip over some of the earlier episodes to get to the 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 real nitty-gritty of what's going on. Okay, Tony. I'm going to have to disagree with you because really? we, stand, okay. we stand WandaVision in this house. Oh, I love... No, I love WandaVision, yeah. I'm going to say it again. Cultural reset. Hmm. If you haven't seen it, I think in terms of pushing the limit of what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is mm-hmm. and what it can do, and for it to be the first series on Disney Plus that was considered canonical to the MCU. I think it is brilliant. I think it's so well thought out. And if you have the time before you see the movie, I would recommend just watching the entire thing because 
If I had it my way, the film mm-hmm. would be titled The Scarlet Witch and the Multiverse of Madness. Ooh. I think she's going to be a huge part of this movie. I think that Wanda and Steven are going to share the screen time equally, and it's going to be equal her story as it is to Steven's. And to really get a sense of her arc and her grief, because, yes, she was featured in some of the other Avengers movies, but yes. this is really the opportunity that Wanda has to come into her own and we get to see her relationship with Vision Blossom and we get to see the emotional trauma that she is suffering after the effects of Infinity War and Endgame. I would just say if you have the time before you see Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I would sit through the entirety of WandaVision. And it's not like you're going to have to sit there and be like, what what is this? This is boring. It's thoroughly entertaining every single episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's odd. It's entertaining. There's a lot happening under the surface. You watch the first episode, and my genuine reaction was, I, as someone who loves television throughout the centuries, I watched the first episode, and I went, whoa, that was awesome. What is going on? Um, it, well, it's, it's a complete tonal shift. Yes. I mean, we have these action blockbusters, the superhero films, great, great, great. And now we're in a sitcom. Right, and it shifted the tone and gave us the opportunity to realize that these superheroes are relatable in the way that they're not just flying around saving the city right that they experience true human emotions like grief and sadness and loss and love yeah and that the superhero genre is not simply explosions and people beating the crap out of each other that it can be a heartfelt story yes I think, don't get me wrong, I agree. If you were able to manipulate time and space to have the time to watch the full series, I say the series is a must-watch, genuinely. It's so difficult, because, like, if we analyze, you know, nine episodes, right, the gimmick of, I mean, it's a great gimmick of, you know, changing genre sort of cuts off right when the pertinent information starts being introduced, if that makes sense. So if if you were like, I really don't have time to binge this whole series, even though I really want to because I should, because I've been slacking off and I'm not a good person and I haven't watched WandaVision. (laughs) I have, you know, terrible things like a job and family to see, and I, I, you know, throw this to the side if you can, but if not, Mm -hmm. what would you say? (laughs) We get a really clear sense of Wanda and her sadness, her grief, but also her how do I put this? Like her kind of twisted manipulation that mm-hmm. comes out of her, though it may be subconscious. I would say in episode five, it's called On a Very Special Episode. This Ooh. episode. So if you don't know anything about WandaVision, each episode is kind of jumping through periods of TV history and they all kind of take place in a different decade of sitcom and television. So on this episode, they happen to be in the 80s. And we get introduced to two very special characters who are very near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Wanda's two twins, Billy and Tommy. Yes. And from what I can see, and if you get the chance to make it through all the way through WandaVision, I do think that provides a really strong motivation to understand where she might be going in Multiverse of Madness, what her motivations are, and what she is trying to attempt to do. I, goodness, having to pick a single episode is so difficult. And I think you picked a really great one. Um, I'm. Thoughts? I, I think it's a yeah. great episode to pick. I'm torn because I'm looking at the last three episodes, to be honest, of the series. Because mm-hmm. you've got episode seven, which is sort of the last episode themed around a television decade. We are in the 2010s. It's the talking head. It's the office. It's modern family. However, at the end of that episode, there is a character reveal 
put to song, I will say that much, that obviously took the internet by storm. Introducing that character is quite important. However, the episode after that, episode eight, is an episode where that character who was introduced takes Wanda through her, basically through her origin, like takes her bit by bit through, Mm. this is what Mm -hmm. you've been through, this is what you've gone through. And so I'm tempted to say episode eight doesn't have a lot of the flavor of WandaVision. It doesn't have the television through the decades gimmick that makes WandaVision what it is. But as far as for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I think it gives a lot of context and a lot of Wanda's story. Mm-hmm. But then you lose the flavor of the twins in, in depth and you lose some of that. So I, so point being, just watch the whole series. Just watch the whole thing. Like, stay up all night if you have to. Exa- literally. Well, and I will say, <laughs> I will say also, like, the last episode, you do get the, the events that lead to what's happening in this movie as well. And you sort of get the status quo mm-hmm. of Wanda and her family and her construction Mm -hmm. of trying to to process her grief so yeah to anthony's point watch the whole series if you can seriously but i think these really three or four episodes that we just highlighted if you only have a little bit of time try and and stop my episode five episode seven eight or nine if you have to but otherwise i say the series is a must watch for sure uh any additional thoughts anthony i'm very passionate about wandavision i think um you know, the Twitter trolls can whine about not having enough action scenes or not enough fight scenes all they want. Fine. But... Then that show's not for you. Then boo-hoo. Yeah, then go enjoy you. your... Then... Go enjoy your nine Spider-Man movies. Falcon and the Winter Soldier or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Just because a series doesn't fit your specifications of what you think a superhero is does not mean that that series doesn't mean something to someone else. That That is... Silly logic. My cat rogue agrees. Um, (laughs) So this is where we shift from characters we know are in this movie to characters who are likely or completely rumored to be in this movie. As we delve into this section speculating, I once again want to give you the opportunity, if you want to be extra careful in staying away from potential spoilers, whether we are correct in our guesses or not, to skip our speculation section, skip ahead to about the 44-minute mark in this episode. I'm going to throw out there, people have been talking about Loki. People have been talking about the Loki series and how, for those who don't know, the events in that series are all about alternate timelines, alternate universes. Specifically, the series finale very much focuses on the breaking of the multiverse. So it's similar. I don't feel as passionately about Loki as I do WandaVision, but if you were to pop on that final episode... I think you benefit from a lot of context if you watch the whole series, but I think that episode may be really uh, valuable in this multiverse situation. Yeah, I agree. I do feel passionately about Loki. I would say under WandaVision, it's probably my second favorite of the D-plus shows. See, I gotta be honest. As a Doctor Who guy, I was like, it's Loki being Doctor Who, and I liked it. Uh, But comparison is the thief of joy, and so I was like, I can't compare it to Doctor Who. I gotta throw that out. (laughs) Well, the thing that I loved about Loki is I really injected the Marvel lore into the series in a way that we haven't really seen so much of before. You get a little bit of it in, like, the Thor movies, but that is also like um, the mythology lore and all that stuff. But this is a a lot more like broad, like comic book stuff. Like let's pull directly from this, but let's change it to make it fit the MCU. So, you know, if we're just purely speculating here. Yes. And we have to, that's all we, that's all we have at this point. (laughs) I might have to say, 
I, I don't think that Loki is really... I don't think he's going to show up in Multiverse of Madness. Interesting. That's my own personal opinion. I don't, I don't now, know if there he is will, char- but oh, what were you going to say? But there are other characters that might be introduced, and maybe we won't see them until an end credit scene, but if this is going to kind of set up the path for the rest of Phase 4 of the MCU, it would be silly not to include um, one of the characters from Loki at, at the end of the film, or yes. maybe in the middle of them. Who knows? I will say this much. In terms of ranking it, I will say that Loki is skippable in terms of catching up for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. As a series, I say it's worth watching, but um, for these specific purposes, it is a six-episode season. If you try to squeeze in the last two episodes, I literally, before recording, popped on episode five, and it gave a little recap at the beginning of, like, previously on Loki. And so you do Mm. get context for what's going on. It's a lot to wrap your head around, to be honest. But I think if you had to and you wanted to fit Loki in, at the very least, squeezing in episodes five and six might not be the worst thing. It might not be the worst thing. But you know what is the worst thing? Being in the theater and something crazy happens during the end credit scene. And you're going, who? What? Who is that? Who's that? What's going on? And everyone else is like screaming and flipping out because they did their job and they were caught up. But you don't know what's going on. I will specifically reference, you know, I, I think in terms of cameos versus important plot points, you know, you look at... Uh, without spoilers, the most recent Spider-Man movie, and there were elements pulled from all sorts of things. You know, Peter Parker's legal counsel. There are people who freaked out when they saw this brief cameo. Knowing who that was wasn't vital to understanding what was going on in the film. I feel like if there is a Loki reference, it'll fall in that category Mm -hmm. versus like Wanda, like Scarlet Witch, will be vital to this movie. So I think knowing who she is is a higher priority than checking out anything in Loki. Because most likely I think... Enough will be explained, but what you get out of these movies is based off of how much you've seen. So if you can see a bit more, if you can see those episodes of Loki or the whole season, you're better off for it. Um, I will just say skippable. And also stylistically, and the music is so good, Mm -hmm. and I think the story is so compelling, and it's just like a big mystery. But probably skippable for Doctor Strange. Yes, yes, yes. Any other characters that you speculating my show <laughs> oh god i okay i'm we'll go on about all of them i do not here's mind. the thing here's the thing i've got like a list that we could like quick fire through and we can both give our predictions for what the likelihood of seeing them is but mm-hmm. uh and also any suggestions if you think it's worth seeing their movies i will start with we do hear the voice of professor xavier leading the illuminati whether it's maybe maybe we don't, we don't know. know we don't know if that's actually what he's doing we hear Patrick Stewart's voice, like, pretty clearly. Who knows if it's just a recording or if it's, like, like if it could just be a fleeting moment of, like, we heard, we got this recording from an alternate Earth and it's not even a big part of the movie. Or it could be he's a central character, for all we know. Um, the thing you have to realize <laughs> about all of these films is they are releasing all of this content and trailers and teasers because they want you to come see the movie. So they're going to make it seem as exciting as possible. But we've seen over time that a lot of the things that show up in the trailers often don't make it to the final cut of the movie. That's true. Marvel Studios is notorious for leading us astray. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you had I you mean, had the footage I, of the list goes on the Incredible Hulk in the fight in Wakanda in Infinity War, and he's just full on not in there. it. He's not in it. Yeah. So I would never, <laughs> I would never take anything in a trailer at face value. But 
here we go. I mean, Professor Xavier and the X-Men. I feel like, well, other X-Men, that's a whole other question, too. My prediction will be at least a cameo. Do I think you need to have seen all the movies and or the classic X-Men animated television show? No, my heart hurts that you haven't seen any of that, if that's the case. But I think for this movie, you don't need to have checked in with it. <laughs> As my cat Rogue, t- you know, coos into the mic <laughs> for good reason. I, I Yes, X-Men is... I love that your cat is named Rogue. All the best X-Men are women, so let's just get that out of the way from the start. But should Charles Xavier show up? We're not mm-hmm. sure, but should he show up? I feel like it really is going to be a MCU take on the character that is not directly relevant to the Fox X-Men universe. Okay. Now, if you had the time to, you know, visit those Fox X-Men movies, maybe they might become relevant in the future now that we know that Disney owns Fox and uh, and that Marvel now has freedom to do with those characters, you know, whatever they happen to do down the line. I don't know if we said this, it was explicitly clear when we were talking about Loki. Mm. So we're talking about variants, alternate versions of a character that exists in divergent timelines. And to me, it seems like this Professor Xavier, whoever... Patrick Stewart or otherwise. Or otherwise, uh, is going to be a variant of some Fox... Professor Xavier. Yeah, that's likely. I think they've already set up the idea that these characters can have alternate versions of themselves in different timelines. They can look extremely different from the original actor, let's say, or they can look exactly like the original actor. So maybe this is a variant of Patrick Stewart's Xavier that is looking exactly like him. But we'll see. Absolutely. I mean, there's also a chance that myriads of other X-Men could pop up. Um, Ones I've heard floated out there. uh, Deadpool. There are people who think that Deadpool is going to appear in this movie, which Mm. when it comes to knowledge of realms, (laughs) I mean, the fact that Deadpool breaks the fourth wall and knows that he is in a movie, Mm. him being aware of our dimension, watching him, could be an awfully strange layer to add on top of everything else happening. If we have alternate dimensions and then Deadpool, you know, turning to the screen and cracking jokes, Deadpool is is a very entertaining character. Once again, skippable for the sake of it's purely a rumor, but you never know who who wind up there. Some people are saying Wolverine. As far as X Men are concerned, uh, I mean, those are the most popular ones I'd say right now are Deadpool and Wolverine. If you had one X Men movie just off the cuff that you would recommend people watching, not necessarily because it's the best, but because it introduces the widest variety of characters, what direction do you think it would send folks in? Days of Future Past. Interesting. I think okay. it is the best x-men movie talk Mm. about multiversal hopping yes we have two generations of x-men characters who are the same characters played by different actors younger and older version all of a sudden like mixing into one movie yeah and i think there are lots of pros and cons about the whole x-men fox it's all very confusing it's all wild yes it's all wild (laughs) if you had to pick one i would say this feels like the most x-men movie to me I think Days of Future Past is a fantastic suggestion. I, I agree with that. What would you pick? What would you pick? No, I've, I honestly would probably pick the same movie, but just for the sake of throwing an alternate suggestion out there, 
I'll say X2. I think X2 features such a wide number of characters. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, so does Days of Future Past as well. As um, far as the original trilogy goes. It's, I mean, it's the best of those for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll say I'll say X2. X2 is a solid alternate. I'm going to throw out there. Some people think Spider-Man's going to show up, um, but not Tom Holland. I, there's mm. lots of murmurings of Tobey Maguire. To be fair, uh, Sam Raimi, who directed... Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man movies back in the early 2000s is also the, the director of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So I feel like that could either be a solid reason as to why there's a connection there and why he could be in the movie, or that could be a solid reason why it's absolutely not going to happen and people are just associating the two people with each other. Honestly, I think the way you should treat this section as the listener is uh, take make your bet on which of these characters will appear and watch their movie. Make and then, yeah. you know, if you know about enough about the character that you don't need to watch a movie to learn more about them or their backstory, then that's great. Yeah. If you are he- hearing about a character and you're like, wow, that seems really interesting to me, check out the movie. Maybe pop on the, the first, I- I'd say... Uh, I mean, granted, we did a whole episode on Spider-Man, <laughs> so, you know, mm-hmm. listen to that if you want. Um, but, I mean, the short version, I do feel like... The newest Spider-Man movie explains a lot about Spider-Man and his origin. You're probably fine just to watch that. But if you do specifically want to see Toby as Spider-Man, a suggestion I would give is is probably his first or second movie. Any additional thoughts? Solid advice. Yeah, solid yeah. advice. Going back to what if there are murmurings of a Captain Carter appearance. I totally believe that she's going to show up. You think so? I think it would be a huge misstep on Marvel's part if she were not to show up. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like it just gives opportunity for more people to see themselves as a superhero. I do think that Captain Carter, I mean, that excites me. I do think that, you know, some of these characters are going to show up. So definitely check out that episode. Well, and once again, that could be a fleeting moment of just seeing her, in which case a vast knowledge of her isn't needed. Or it, it, she could be, for all we know, she's fighting alongside Doctor Strange for the whole movie. You never know. Um, there are, oh, I, I failed to mention earlier, there, there's a sighting of Ultron sentries in one of the trailers. Does that mean Ultron's going to be a thing? Which in that case, if you were to watch Avengers Age of Ultron, our Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff, is very much a presence in that. Yeah, that'll give you more background on... That wouldn't mm-hmm. be an awful movie to watch, necessarily. Yep. I've got a real weird speculation for, our, I think, the last oh. one I'm going to highlight. I've heard the weirdest fan theories that Iron Man is going to appear in this movie as played by Tom Cruise, who was attached to Iron Man originally uh, before the role went to Robert Downey Jr. So we're exploring an alternate universe from ours where he was cast as Iron Man and instead of mm-hmm. RDJ. That'd be a real deep cut. <laughs> deep cut. You know, I don't... This, this one, I just am going to keep my mouth shut. Okay. I don't have any <laughs> thoughts about it. I don't know where this rumor got picked up. Uh, I feel like we closed the chapter of Tony Stark. Yes. And there are so many more interesting characters that can come up that I think... If it were up to me, I would leave Tony Stark in the past. I very much agree with the sentiment. But we'll see. I just can't really imagine that. But again, we're walking into a movie where anything can happen. So I would say at most, it would be a very cute cameo. If that was a fleeting moment, 
I'd be like, that's awesome. But I, d- I don't really want to explore Tony Stark anymore, to your point. I, I agree with that. And for all we know, we- we've got unlimited possibilities because it could be any variety of any character you could possibly imagine in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So that being said, you can't predict everything, and we have a finite amount of time. So Anthony, to close out the show, I'm going to bring up one of our segments here, the starter pack. Now, this starter pack is a little bit different because this is specifically for this movie, assuming no knowledge on the part of the viewer. Like someone who is like, hey, I listened to this podcast today and I have Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night to watch whatever I can before the movie. What do I watch? For someone who is brand new, what is your potential suggested starter pack? Three I would say three viewing sessions. So in the case of television shows, I think you could throw a couple episodes in there. Um, but like Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday I am seeing the movie. What do you suggest for someone completely brand new? Start with Doctor Strange, the first film. Yes. You get a lot of setup. You get a lot of talk of the theory of the multiverse there. And you get to see more of um, Doctor Strange's character. Mm-hmm. Second, for our other equally as important character in a Multiverse of Madness, I would watch, like you said, Tony, I would probably watch the last few episodes of WandaVision just to get a clear grasp of where Wanda is going into this film. So you can consider that those few episodes like a movie on their I own. Call that, I call that Wednesday night. Wednesday yeah, night. yeah. There we go. Tuesday night, Doctor Strange for you. Wednesday night, two or three episodes of WandaVision, whatever you can fit in. Mm-hmm. And then I would watch Spider-Man No Way Home. Because I feel like the events at the end will directly lead into Multiverse of Madness. I don't know what else I would put in between there. <sighs> Anthony, we... We have the same initial starter pack. Uh, However, uh, after our conversation, I'm tempted. I am tempted to change the last one. Because to your point of the events of No Way Home could just be chalked up to, I don't know, weird magic stuff happened. Anyway, mm-hmm. this movie, like moving on, um, I'm tempted to throw the Doctor Strange What If episode in that last slot over No Way Home. It's probably not a wise choice, but I'm considering it. I think it's a wise choice. Okay. If you're throwing in What If, I think there's probably a little bit more multiversal travel and things like that explained than the events of No Way Home. So I think mine is going to start the same. So if you have three days, day one, Doctor Strange, for sure. Day two, same WandaVision episodes, guaranteed. Yes, do that. If I'm going to create a couple episodes for you to watch, definitely the What If episode, episode four, entitled What If Doctor Strange Lost His Heart Instead of His Hands. And then if I'm going to throw one or two other episodes in there for that night, I would possibly throw in What If Zombies, but I would more so jump over to Loki, maybe, and watch the last episodes of that. Maybe, mm. although that that is a bit of a gamble because we don't know how much of a payoff that's going to have in this movie. But mm. I think that's going to be my... Yeah, I'll say Doctor Strange, WandaVision, and then what if slash Loki stuff on that last night. I think those are two solid suggestions, to be honest. Yeah, my other starter pack is first night, WandaVision, second night, WandaVision, <laughs> third night, WandaVision. Honestly, spend each night just re-watching WandaVision and looking for all of the yeah. Easter eggs. I tell you, that was a, I sort of measure the pandemic in eras, and WandaVision definitely had its era. Like, we are, oh, I think yeah. we're currently transitioning out of the Wordle era, in my mind, and ho- hopefully mm-hmm. out of the pandemic period. Uh, WandaVision definitely had this 
moment in the pandemic where we were all at home analyzing the episodes with little Easter eggs and being like, what's going on underneath the surface? Um, It's an excellent show. So I think with that, we've covered everything we can, all the suggestions we could possibly think of to set you up for success for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. If you have any other thoughts on starter packs for people to watch in the in the days leading up to the movie, let us know via social media. We are at fandom underscore handbook. That's at F-A-N-D-O-M underscore H-A-N-D-B-O-O-K. Uh, of course, you can follow myself. I am at Tony Pinella. That's just my name. Love it. Anthony, thank you so much for being on. It was it was a delight to talk to you again at the last minute. I literally called you up. You were you were running home and I had a, a cat screaming in my arms, which you may or may not have heard in this episode. Um, but we we just made this happen and I appreciate you being willing to jump in and do yes, this. Of course. I mean listen, nothing will be as traumatic as trying to score those multiverse of madness tickets on the AMC app. You failed us again, <sighs> no, AMC. I want them to be a Get sponsor, Anthony. Anthony, we had to talk positively oh, about okay. them. We want All them right. to be- Cut it, cut it out. (laughs) Thank you so much, AMC, and especially Nicole Kidman for sponsoring this podcast. You know who I think is going to appear in Multiverse of Madness? There's going to be a staircase, and she's going to walk in and be like, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. It does. It does. It does. Oh, my goodness. Well, Anthony, once again, thank you so much. Uh, Where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I am doing TikToks. I'm on the TikTok. My username is gay underscore American. And there on my TikTok, we talk comic books. We talk MCU. We talk more comic books. Love it. You know, specifically with a queer lens. Like, I think it's so important for people to get their representation in there. And and especially leading up to this movie, two things I'm really excited to see. We have new characters in the MCU. America Chavez. Yes. Who has... Uh, Two mothers and two identifies as queer herself. And if you didn't know this, you know, going into WandaVision, her two twins are younger, but both of them are queer characters. One of them is a gay character. One of them is a bisexual character. And that just tells me that Wanda is a good mommy. That's all yes. I have to say about that. Oh my goodness. So I'm really looking forward to that. And, I didn't uh, know that about them. That's that's really cool. Yes. So that's we talk all about that on the on the TikTok. So you can drop by, give me a follow. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. And we I'd love to talk with you guys. More Please check out Anthony on TikTok. Um, and with that, uh, we'll see you on the other side of the multiverse of madness and enjoy the movie. Yeah, here we go. What a ride. <laughs>